Uh, are you recording it, Jamie? Yes. I hope not. Oh, shit. Hello, and welcome back to another Wet Paint podcast. Today, me, Matt, and Jamie are joined by two rookie in the podcasts, James and Callum. What up? And uh, today's discussion, we're going to do a little, a little, um, a bit more of a formal discussion today about um, about career choices after after you finish college or school. So a bit of a uni versus apprenticeship discussion sort of thing. Um, I'm I, I'm personally was a uni, I was an apprenticeship route, whereas all four of these guys are uh, uni routes. So bit lopsided but i'm gonna do my best to bat for the apprentices but, although uh, we didn't all take the same route through university so well no that's there's we'll, we'll there's tension we'll in the university that. group because there's <laughs> <laughs> absolute feuds <laughs> so uh jamie do you want to you you went to uni first but you uh At first you did foundation yeah. Uh, so unfortunately, I didn't quite get necessarily the grade in physics that I needed to do the course that I wanted at the university that I wanted. Um, so they offered me a foundation year place, which is basically just them assuming you're really, really uh, inexperienced in the field. It's basically them going, you might not have grades in any relevant subjects to do this subject. So we're going to teach you all the sort of up to a level in so for me it was mechanical engineering so they taught us basically a level maths physics chemistry coding as well i think i did in my foundation year and then now i'm on an integrated masters for mechanical engineering um ended up finishing hopefully with 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 a grade um hopefully with a grade that's all i'm asking for in covid times you know if i can get a grade we I'm can, not. We can I, I don't really know much about foundation years in terms of how they work. So, when you say you actually did A level work, do you get extra A level qualifications, or is it just catch up? No, I think it's trans. Like my foundation year is a separate. It's almost separate from my degree. So I think if I'd have decided to, there are other universities that would have that do accept it. Say I decided to go somewhere else. So th- you get like you get like a like a sort of foundation separate qualification. Yeah, almost. So you get like a foundation qualification in. So engineering is what it's an engineering foundation degree at John Moore's, but. Oh, and you can take that to another uni if you wanted to, and I, use it as almost like a passing. You, I think probably. I think there are probably other, not maybe not Oxbridge or anything, but there are probably. You can't other- do your foundation in John Moore's and then head over to Oxford. Probably not. They might. They might not like that. But I think it depends on your course. Because I also did a foundation, and so I haven't got a qualification for my foundation. It's just like a year zero for my course. Yeah. And it, it initially just like. I mean, me I'll be honest. I could be waffling. To be to be fair, but, <laughs> but I think I think I've heard other people that did the foundation year ended up going to a different university. I yeah, think so that happened. Cal- Cal- was it like? So was it sort of like part of your course to say it was a foundation? So like when you agreed to go to the, to that union to your your qualification, it was sort of agreed that the foundation was part of the whole qualification. Yes. Yeah, so not I, not like it was agreed in two separate sort of things, like a foundation and then the course. Yeah. So my course is mechanical engineering with a year in industry. So at the end of it, I was still going to get one qualification, and it'll be mechanical engineering. Uh, but just in the title, it states I did a foundation year. Yeah, as well you as see, you. I don't think I have a separate qualification now because I've carried on through John Moore's. But I think I could have sort of had a certificate at the time if I'd wanted to. If that yeah, there are sense. definitely people on my course that disappeared after the foundation year. They might have failed. They might have failed. <laughs> I assume they all failed, but whether they went and took their foundation degree and went somewhere else i mean also i don't know about your foundation degree but my foundation was just an engineering foundation degree so but that included every course from like further maths to computer science yes yeah, so so, mine was basically the same like just engineering as a whole so you yeah. do electrical you do mechanical you do aero all that sort of stuff so everyone then was it, on the same course no matter what engineering yeah as long as they were and going also into included people like 
geography students and things like that because oh. you do material science and research. Oh, I didn't have didn't any. Into that field. I didn't have anyone on geography in mind, but that's fair enough. And yeah, and now I'm on integrated masters to get an MEng, hopefully if I pass. Those key letters. Yeah, that M in front of the eng. Hmm. How long? So how long does that masters add on to the end? Because I know it's, so it's, it's a whole extra bit in it. Yeah, it's an extra. The integrated masters for mechanical engineering is an extra year. Yeah. But if you, there are some other masters which are like two two years if you wanted to do a masters in yeah. something specific. But they get you an MSc, which a lot of industry don't really they don't look at MSCs in the same way yeah is the masters is that more when you do that do you do you sort of do a whole sort of new set of topics towards your subject so like or is it more just a further in depth it's more go into what the sorts of things you've already done it's yeah more more of the same so last year over obviously throughout my degree i've done fea cfd etc and i've done like sort of a bit of everything uh done what, uh, what about for people that don't know of course i know what all of those are <laughs> fea finite element analysis so that's um sort of that's all you need to say i know exactly what that is it's <laughs> it's making a part in CAD software and then applying forces and stuff to it and seeing how it crumples and that's that's very basic FEA so you'd put like a metal plate you'd make a metal plate in a software and then you'd pin it at one end and put a load at the other end say you somebody was stood on it or something you'd add like a 900 newton weight to the end and then see how much it bends from that in the software. The software does all the calculations for you. CFDs, computational fluid dynamics. So that's looking at flow of air or fluids and stuff through a pipe or over a car. Um, mechatronics is robotics, um, essentially. Then there's obviously you do material science and there's... Um, you do law specifically to do with um law yeah it's more specifically to do with um like patent law and stuff ah, it's yeah, very yeah. it's very basic but theoretically i think am i right in saying callum that after doing a engineering degree you can go on and do an additional year or you can then go use that to go do law degrees or something um, like you can further it to get like yeah i think i've heard of that you can I then think take so, it further. It all comes under like project management, which is what you can also go into with engineering. Yeah. So I'm doing a module this year, which is all engineering management, which is where my law and stuff comes into it as well. Yeah. And that's so, all to do with leading a team and patents and intellectual property, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So yeah. then, so you obviously do all that and then you do calculus and the standard sort of things that you associate with engineering. Um, but ma my masters, so you get a choice of modules. So I chose FEA, adv advanced FEA, advanced CFD, because I hate myself. Um, <laughs> and then the masters, you do a group project that's um, done in industry. So I've, I've unfortunately I've signed an NDA, so I can't tell you what I'm doing on a podcast. Um, <laughs> but. It, yeah, so I'm working with a company to design something at the moment. That's literally all I'm allowed to tell you. That's all I need to know. But our proposal was 9,000 words, a design proposal, and we're currently doing all the sort of testing and stuff for it. Hmm. And um, hope, hopefully I'll come out with an MNG and then hopefully get a job. Yeah. If you fail your master's, do you still get a bachelor's? I was wondering this because I was... Really considering, <laughs> I was really considering dropping out, uh, sort of October time because I just felt really sort of overwhelmed by the sheer mass of work that I had to do for everything. I didn't because I hate myself. Um, <laughs> but it was, I I was very tempted to email and say, can I just take the B engine dip? But I never did, so I don't actually know. I'd be under the nine, just too deep. I think I'm in too deep now. They're, they're like, no, we've changed the letters on the forms, so you have to finish it. 
I imagine though I could pr- probably take the B Ensign dip if I really wanted to. Mm-hmm. I don't think I can if I just get a bad grade though. I don't think I'm allowed to do that. Like if I re- if I mess up the masters and I get a bad grade, I don't think I can be like, well, I'll take my two one B Ensign dip, please. I don't think they'll let me do that. Hmm. So so how long? How many years was your course including the foundation and the masters then? Five so obviously years. You, you sort of got the, yeah. the so whole it's package. Foundation year and then so the foundation year is one year. Year one, two, three, and then masters is year four. So I've used all five years that student loans will allow you to take. Yeah. Alright, oh, so they, they actually stop if you go any further. Yeah, if you if so I was you to did be that like, with like a, an architecture course, which are like they're like five years anyway, aren't they? So if you did foundation and or and all masters on the end of yeah, an architecture course it'd be even potentially have to pay for yourself then which yeah is a lot of money yes but... whereas james went the whole other end of the spectrum didn't you? james just did the yeah i did, did, did the standard a standard uh with a sandwich year in so mine was four years i didn't do foundation year three years yeah. of actual learning in a year in the middle in industry down in london which was oh thrilling great times <laughs> it's yeah yeah it wasn't too bad i kind of wish i did an apprenticeship like you but all oh, right that's just why is that earn money on the job don't you and, yeah. and learn at the same time there's a guy i'm working with now because i graduated in june who he he's kind of doing an apprenticeship in, in building surveying but I didn't know that was a thing. I just thought that going uni was the only route. So that's why I went. Yeah. Yeah, that is that is definitely one of the one of the benefits I enjoy. Earning while you're learning, as they say. I think yeah. given the current circumstances as well, like so when me and Jamie finish university, we're then gonna have to try find a job. Although I've I've heard that engineering jobs haven't been affected as badly as potentially other sectors, which is obviously terrible for the other sectors, but They're good for us. Yeah. <laughs> Silver linings. <laughs> Small mercies. But yeah, that is a, a massive advantage of the the earning while you're learning is one of the things that really tempted me to an apprenticeship. It, it also tempted me to try and do a sponsored degree. Like with the army or something. Yeah. But it's. I think I when I looked at it, they wanted you to sign on for like seven years after you fit after you finish, and I can barely commit to recording a podcast every week. So <laughs> <laughs> don't know. Don't know how they were expecting me to commit to that. Yeah, because I I think they do they do similar things with with like um with most apprenticeships to be fair, because they do the the standard apprenticeship you don't have to like agree to a certain amount of years afterwards but if i wanted to try and get any higher qualifications than than what i get so because i get uh level three mvq and btex um at the end of mine uh, but then i can choose to do what they call hnc which is like they close i think it's the equivalent of like your first year um uni work yeah level four if i yeah if I do that, I then have to like agree to stay at the company for a couple of I think it's two years, I think. Yeah. Which isn't actually that bad, considering no, they're paying for not. it as well. No, yeah, if you're doing the qualification, because like, the qualification's a year as well, so yeah. you, you're you pretty much guaranteed to stay there that long anyway. But Yeah. I think there's a clause, because they do that because obviously they're investing in you, and your education. Yeah. There's a clause. So when I was working at Jaguar Lando for my year in industry... Um, I looked into the graduate scheme and they said I can stay there for two years and do the graduate scheme but then if I leave I have to pay them the money they invested in me Yeah. because essentially I've just taken that money used it to invest in myself and then left yeah we have to do that if if you leave at any point then you have to pay back the full amount because like, they pay for all the courses in advance I think you, you don't realise how expensive well especially with uni you know how expensive but a lot of training courses with companies don't realise how expensive they actually are how yeah. much are they? Well, I think my, my college apprenticeship is 27 grand in total for the college work yeah Yeah, That's and then they're also paying your salary on top of that so for them they are investing in you because they want you to stay yeah 
So if you basically take everything they put into you and just leave, it's kind of like a slap in the face. Especially if they teach you up on any software. If they get, like... So, for example, SolidWorks, which is one we we use in engineering quite a lot. I imagine you've used it, Callum, probably. Yeah, SolidWorks also had that sort of stuff. Yeah, SolidWorks. There's a company that goes into places like JLR and stuff, and they train people up. I can't remember the name of it, but it's like 10 grand a person to get... To, to have someone come in and teach like a room full of people it's like 10 grand per person that's being that's learning like the investment yeah. in people is insane from companies so get if you're getting that for free whew, imagine... when you get paid it's not for free they're paying you to do it yeah exactly <laughs> and you're getting it on top of being paid it's balling yeah it's quite good yeah, you touched on um, grad schemes, Callum. Um, yes. Matt, you're in a grad scheme. How? Because that's that's after a university. How long, is, per se, is that? Yeah. So in terms of university, I did a similar to James. I did a four-year course with a. It was a sandwich course, so three years of learning with a placement year in the third year. Um, so my degree was in international business and economics. So very different to everyone else in terms of everyone else here is very practical. Mine's a lot more numbery and theoretical, I guess. Yeah. But in terms of the grad scheme, for me, it's a three-year grad scheme. But I think for a lot of people, two years is a lot more standard. I'm on a two-year one. I've heard of yeah. three. I think three are quite common in engineering as well. Yeah, I think in terms of a business role, two years seems to be the more standard, but mine is three years because they want you to kind of get exposure to as much of the business as possible. So with my grad scheme, every, for each of those three years, I have to work in a different job on a completely different site. And when I signed up to the contract, I had to basically agree that I was fully, fully flexible to work anywhere within the UK. So... Yeah. I'm allowed to give preferences, but I'm basically at the whim of the HR team. So if they want to send me to the Isle of Wight, they can do that. That'd be good though, because don't they don't aren't they just back to normal on the Isle of Wight? Exactly. So realistically, <laughs> they could be doing me a massive favour. But by the time, so my grad scheme runs a year is September to September. Yeah. So, so it's academic year again. Yeah, academic year. I don't really know when my life will transition from years that aren't september to september i assume it'll be after that grad scheme but then i roll off onto a a real job and then i'm stuck at the point where again it, i'm starting it in september so i don't understand how my well, life can ever transition out of a september to september once well, <laughs> you start a proper job it then just turns into like say you're in a proper say, job there, there, there are no breaks <laughs> As we say, then the like, academic year never ends that's the one thing I missed. I feel like I I, I graduated the same as James. Um, I graduated in July this of 2020. So I was looking forward to saying, okay, this is my last big summer holiday ever. Uh, I've done, you know, the four years of work. I can't wait to just do nothing for six months. And then it's, well, for uh, from July to September. And it turns out I literally could do nothing. <laughs> so the last, yeah, the last summer holiday that I ever have was gone i can't yeah. remember if we did That's anything a... when i when i had my last summer holiday it's a true monkey it's not even i would i probably to be honest i probably wouldn't have done anything anyway you might i, you did, might have have some, I did have some hol- I, I had some holidays planned but in terms of the majority <laughs> of those months i probably would have done the same as i did however when you get told to stay at home it's a lot different from optionally choosing to be at home choosing to ignore it's different exactly <laughs> But yeah, so for me, I think grad schemes are, I would say, the main was one of the reasons I went to uni. It was the aim to get onto a scheme. And I feel like a grad scheme is almost like a bridge between uni and an actual job. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. So, yeah. Cause I, I think, I think that's quite a, a, quite a good point. Cause like, obviously, in apprenticeship, you learn the job as an apprentice, which is fine. But then obviously, at uni, you come out of uni with your degree. And, and then I think really com- companies have job. a certain expectation of what you yeah, should and shouldn't be able to do, but a grad scheme is a good way to sort of, like you say, bridge yeah, that think... gap between learning the job and having that theoretical knowledge from uni. 
yeah, I think for a lot of people, the worry is for me, it was all right because I did that placement year. So I had a year's experience working within a company. So I knew kind of what the difference was. But a grad scheme for especially for people that haven't done a placement is a nice bridge between the company knows and the people within the company know that you've just come out of university. You don't have a lot yeah. of experience and they kind of guide you through what to do. And there's with my graduate scheme, I have quite a lot of training. So each year yeah. I have a set out kind of list of trainings that I need to do and they fund all those and it kind of develops me to a point where they think I'll be ready to become a general manager or senior manager within the company. Whereas if I, and I'm given a lot of freedoms to kind of teach myself things and spend a lot of time on self-improvement. Whereas if I went straight into a full job, I would have to just do the job straight away without that extra training and support. And so it's quite a nice bridge. Yeah, I, I think... I speak for me and Callum when I say we're probably going to be trying to get on to graduate schemes. Yeah, I can imagine with me, applying to graduate schemes is probably one of the most stressful times of my life. Yeah. I basically, <laughs> I think I started in November 2019 and it was just an absolute manic state of applying to tens of jobs per week, getting rejected by countless amount of jobs, doing spending hours of your week doing tests doing video interviews to just get rejected and I, yeah. I can't imagine to be honest i could i probably couldn't count the amount of jobs that i applied for and got rejected from and the it amount that you probably a, never even heard back from as well exactly it is a horribly stressful time because the competition is so high at this point so many people have degrees and so many people are going for these jobs that it's so difficult to get on them that it's difficult for to me it was stressful as well, I but i do not envy the situation that you're going into <laughs> where for me it was stressful but now you're going into a absolutely demolished economy and i feel like i'm i've got competition with last year's graduates as your year's graduates as well exactly so you've got you've got people that have been made redundant from grad schemes, which is quite a lot of people. Yeah, loads of people. Um, have that. You've got people that never got a grad scheme last year and have just been waiting all summer to start applying again, plus all the new people coming out of uni. So the competition is as high as ever and the amount of jobs is as low as ever. Yep. So again... Well, that's, what, that's, like, that's, that's, that's that's things like you're in industries and anything you can do while you're at uni. Yeah, it's gaining that slight advantage over someone. Yeah. Yeah, you're trying to try to stand out. <laughs> hopefully that... isn't enough anymore. Yeah, hopefully a master's Which is why so many people go for you for apprenticeships. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it's uh, I think with with that, I think it's I think a lot of that actually depends on sort of like what course you're doing. Because I think there's a lot of courses where I don't think you could really do an apprenticeship in them. Yeah, of course. I think you'd have to sort of go to uni and like cause obviously like a random example, something like law or something. I don't think there's many, many law apprentices out there. You'd have to, you obviously have to go to uni mm. to learn all the things before having any chance of and I don't, going anywhere near the job. I don't know much about law, but I feel like the place you get your degree from for law is also quite important. Yeah, the thing is with law as well. Um, I knew quite a lot. I live with a law student in first year. Yeah. Um, once you finish your f four years of uni, if you do a year in industry. You can't then just become a lawyer. Yeah, you, you have, have to... to do even more qualifications after that. Uh, yeah, you start out really low down the pecking order, don't you? Yeah, you don't. Well, you basically just start as no one until you've got that extra qualification. Even though you've got a degree, no one cares. Yeah. And, and there are to... some jobs like that where you know they look at it and go, "If you don't have a degree, then it's not acceptable." Whereas there are other jobs where they go. You have you've done a degree, but you've got no hands-on experience that you could have got from an apprenticeship. So, mm. why would we take you over someone with the experience? It's very difficult. So, I think really, the choice depends on where you're going and what you want to do. Yeah, yeah. Depends. Yeah, because I think I think there are a few. Th I think it's, obviously that I think the main decision about whether you do either is is just sort of your own personal preferences. Yeah. More I think like, it depends. Yeah. Like, I think it depends just... on how you act. So for me, I didn't really know what I wanted to do coming out of college, but I did reasonably well in my A levels to a point where I thought, you know what, I am, I can do well in an education setting, and I don't know what I want to do. 
I know I wanted to do business or economics, but I didn't know specifically what. So going to uni was a, it made sense because I could spend more time figuring out what I want to do. And I know that I would be able to actually do the work. Yeah. Because some people just can't do exams as well. There's so many people that... Yeah, I'm terrible at exams. I did uh, in in uh, both both uh, GCSE and A level on like uh, what was it in like tech and stuff. I got I got almost full marks on both my practical assessments, but then failed the exams pretty much. <laughs> so yeah. I got average grades. So then it just, you you want to try and pick a uni course that's maybe geared towards coursework rather than or an apprenticeship because I'm assuming some apprenticeships still have exams on them, Harry. Uh, yeah, I, I did have it. I do have exams. Um, it, I think apprenticeships are a lot more. Um, course, a bit. Well, m- mine mine was a bit sort of fifty fifty. So I'd spend probably like I'd spend maybe a month learning like the practical skills towards um, a certain aspect, and then and then the end of that subject, I'd then take an exam in it. But it wouldn't really be like a proper. It, obviously, it was a proper exam, but it wasn't. Um, I don't think it was lengthy or as intense sort of as a as a, a GCSE exam or a uni exam. You didn't sit in a hall with an old woman staring at you for two hours, making sure that <laughs> every time you touched your nose you weren't cheating. No, it was well it it's it not so much like the obviously you wouldn't cheat and it was it was um There were people cheating, is that what you're trying to say, Harry? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> but I'm just saying like the Obviously, a, a uni exam, you'd probably have like two, two, three hours, and what fifty or fifty to hundred questions, whereas mine were a bit more. Yeah, I, think... I could do it in half an hour, and it was a twenty question. Yeah, short or you'd answer, have a uni exam, you have three questions, to, and you have to have two hours, and you have to write a ridiculous amount. Of yeah, words. yeah, that's what I mean. Nothing like that. It was, it was a bit more short and sweet exams. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah they test your knowledge, but the main key is: do you actually have the practical skills to do the job? Yeah, especially for especially for like an engineering job, which is what I did, because obviously a lot of, um, especially in my company, a lot of it is obviously all uh, our apprenticeships are guided towards doing the job, so yeah. practical skill is is probably more more um, important to the company than theoretical. Yeah, knowledge. they would rather you know what you're doing, not how it's how it works. Because like yeah. Especially mine, because there are some apprentices in our our, um, our course that they call them technical apprentices. So they do more theoretical um, learning, and then they they work in the offices doing more uh, technical work. So yeah. they they learn more of the theory side as opposed to the, how to run the machines like I have. So it, it can sort of be a bit of both, but I think it is more guided to. Being able to do uh, the job than necessarily yeah. understand the theory behind the job. Yeah. Like, you know why you're doing the job, you know how to do the job, but if you wouldn't necessarily understand the firm and dynamics of it or something. Yeah, well, that's what I'm, yeah, that's it, Mom. Because, like, yeah, you nailed it. <laughs> yeah, if someone <laughs> asks you the four laws of, fir- the, is it four or three laws of thermodynamics? Three laws of thermodynamics you wouldn't necessarily be able to tell them but if i was to be like harry can you make me a model of a ps5 controller on that machine you'd be able to whip it up in a few hours a few hours so how low you think i don't i don't know i'm the theory dude i don't know the real question is how much do you think you will use the theory from university in your actual job oh i have no idea that's a that's a very based on engineering that's a very what job you get situation yeah because like i know a lot of um a lot of sort of the stuff you learn um even though i do more practical job it gets i i I use that knowledge um probably not as in-depth as you know but i do use it whereas like i say the the technical apprentices would use all of what you know way more than i do yeah because it completely depends what I want to go into. Because there's, I've, I did coding in my first semester of um, my fan, of my foundation degree, and I've literally not used it since, apart from in mechatronics. And then, even then, I I've not used mechatronics since. And unless I go into a job where I'm coding robots, 
That is what someone that's secretly making a robot army would say. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I get one good grade in one robotics module, and suddenly I'm a supervillain. Um, <laughs> but gotta play the role you had and give them, mate. But I'm likely to probably use FEA or CFD because I've chosen them and I've kind of decided that I want to go into sort of design and analysis. So I'm probably going to use them quite heavily no matter what I end up designing or analyzing, if that makes sense. Like yeah. my, no my knowledge of that I will use a lot, but my knowledge of why, um, my knowledge of materials and stuff will be relevant to that but it's i'm not going to be trying to come up with a new metal i'm not going to yeah, be yeah i have the, the same sort of thing where i used those modules that i don't i don't think i will ever use again yeah 100%. I, you know you can look at them and say especially with a with my business degree well the, the business modules i had you know i had hr modules marketing modules i know i don't like hr i know i don't like marketing but those modules allowed me to figure out you know what i don't like this yeah. So, although I won't use them going into uni, as I said, I, don't, I didn't know what I wanted to do. So, if I hadn't have done those modules, I wouldn't have known that. I think for me, I'm very much a I don't know what I like until I've tried it kind of person. Yeah. Hmm. So, though, although I won't probably use them, I think it's it's helped me understand that you know I I don't like them, and that's the reason why, and it helped me to find what I actually wanted to do. Yeah, I think every degree has every course that you ever do will have elements to that is that where in a way although people think that uni is quite specific although it's ju just focused on your course it tries to show you every bit of that of that course in that area of study so like for, for building surveying it told me about historic properties which i'll never do hate it <laughs> but but then also about like the commercial buildings the legal side of it tendering absolutely everything not in detail but the foundations of everything to do with buildings and building surveying yeah mm. yeah because i think that's i think that's one difference about apprenticeships in uni because like obviously i'm my company sort of uh, where if you do an apprenticeship your company sort of tries to tailor your apprenticeship to their work so mm. um so obviously i've learned the the sort of jobs and the processes that my company do Whereas obviously at uni, you learn broad stuff. So like, I'd find it a lot harder if I wanted to leave my company. I'd find it a lot harder to acclimatize. Well, I'd have to learn potentially learn new things if I moved jobs. Um, whereas at uni, you'd you'd obviously have a bit more of a you'd have a bit more of a uh, broader knowledge. And I suppose we'd also be going into that next that job with a blank canvas, like so. Yeah. Whereas yeah, you've learned a very specific way of doing that job, and so you know how to do it really well with a lot of practical knowledge. But with uni, you learn a very broad way of doing that same thing. So it's it's broad, so you can apply it to many things. But it's not you don't have that specific practical knowledge of how to do it in a very refined and detailed way. Because yeah. unless you do a master's in it. Yeah, it's very specific masters. Yeah. Because the integrated masters isn't obviously you choose your modules and stuff and you, but it's not, it's not like if I if if I like I nearly applied for a mechatronics module back in third year when I a mechatronics masters back in third year when I wasn't really sure what I was do what I wanted to do because I just got a good grade in it and I was like ah, I could apply for that, which is basically why I ended up doing engineering at university because I came out of a levels well i came out of gcse and a levels with sort of my strongest subjects being sciences and maths and i was like natural progression of this is sort of engineering i suppose so i ended up choosing it and so that was my problem is i basically came out the same and i was like i want to do engineering but every time i touch something it breaks <laughs> <laughs> so i was like tell you what i'll just take that into somewhere else i know a guy like that we call him the smasher <laughs> uh yeah I, I i like to think that um relatively practical although i think that's i would like to be practical but i just don't have the effort to do it so i'd much rather be telling people how to be how to do things than do them myself <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
that's honestly that's fair enough I, I do enjoy telling people how to do things. Well, not even how to do things, just how what to do, do things. You just you just pretend. That's that's the beauty of business is you just waffle and pretend you, like you know exactly what's going on. You just say enough words and hope that the person listening understood enough understood enough to know what exactly. you want them to do. Makes sense. That's inspiration. That... <laughs> they call it, I believe. <laughs> that inspiration and motivation. Exactly. So all you you all did sandwich years then yeah i did i did not harry up but like matt callum <laughs> and james yeah, yeah with um without so without uh placement year do you actually i didn't know this do you actually still um do any sorts of like learning obviously you learn it's like uh work experience more than anything but do you actually still learn any university sort of like qualification stuff yeah like, i was gonna ask on the, the worst, side like... that's the worst part of it so, so you, you still, you still have like uni work to do whilst you you're at the do, job you have to do a full-time job yeah and you have to well i don't know whether this is the same for every university some may be different but i specifically i had to do a development plan i had to write four blog posts and I had to do a presentation on something that I would improve within the business. Yeah, that's the different. Company I worked, yeah, the company I worked for took the view of, we're not paying you to do your uni work. So I had to do that uni work in my free time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you had a full-time job and then... Ha- and I had to do uni work. Obviously, I did do some of that uni work at work when no one was looking. <laughs> However, a lot of it I did do at home and it's... It wasn't a lot of work compared to a normal uni where a year, it's almost nothing. But as someone like me that really, really hates coursework, the whole year being based on coursework, I really hated it. I enjoyed the work, but I hated the actual uni work because I much prefer an exam. Yeah, I I have to say I prefer an exam. I seem to perform better better in exams than I do courseworks. What was yours like then, James, if yours was different from that? So all I had to do was keep a log of what I did each day. Then each, at the end, each day. yeah, each. because oh. it then had to be signed off by my manager to essentially say, yes, I was working and it actually turned up. And was that a and pass? Then, was your year a pass fail or was it yeah, graded? Yeah, a, a pass or fail. But then I, I had to write a report at the end, which essentially said what I did, what I learned from it. And that was about it. Yeah, and so then, my year was graded and it was worth 15% of my whole uni degree. Oh, all right. And, uh, I think mine was was separate completely. So the, I get a certificate for the sandwich year completely separate to my actual degree. And it's done that way for me. Yeah. And what was your setup like, Callum? What sort of work did you have to do? Um, mine was very similar to James's in the sense of I kept a log of things I did, but it was every week. I've been royally shafted. Then, <laughs> at the end, I had to do a presentation just to say what I did and explain to people within my year but that didn't do the year in industry so essentially third years at the time just explain to them what i did and, and what why what you did like. was better than them yes yeah, <laughs> because the university then like wants you to then go talk to the second years who are considering it in the first years yeah because it ultimately it looks good for university if those are people went into the year in industry and they get more money yeah or universities you gotta pay them for that third year well, I did. My third yeah, year cost money. They still. Yeah. Used, they, I mean, they got more money out of me because I didn't do. Because obviously, you only get five years of student finance. So if I hadn't done the foundation year, my aim was to do a placement year and a master's, still doing five years of uni. But obviously, I did the foundation year, which meant I could only choose placement year or master integrated masters. And I applied to a few, but I didn't really try that hard because I knew that I could just do the masters instead. How so, much does a foundation year cost compared to a normal I year? I think my foundation year was six grand tuition. That's still I think mine was yeah, that's still quite price. a lot of money, that. Yours was four Considering price. your A-levels are free. Yeah, it definitely depends which university you go to. But then ultimately, all the fees that you pay is another downside to going to university. Yeah, it's and all loan. I think where... a lot of people don't realise it. They think, oh, it's basically free, I've got a loan. And then they realise, oh, wait. Yeah, pay, pay this back. <laughs> well, once yeah. they start earning an amount of money, but... Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, I've I've heard that quite a lot from from an outside perspective. Like a lot of people don't even like recognize the the uh, 
the the debtor initially. Yeah, I, I think that's the issue, I, though. It's, I don't know. It's if... not a debt. I, it's it... a form of tax. Yeah. yeah. At the end of the day, a lot of people don't ever pay it back because they yeah don't earn ends after, it. Is it thirty years? It ends thirty oh, years. Yeah, it gets so... wiped. Yeah. I think yeah. how much do you have? To, is it over twenty five or is it higher than it's that? It's higher. It's, I swear it's they put it up to they put it up, haven't they? Is it twenty eight now or am I? It's less than that. Yeah. It's less than that. I'm gonna go. Like, yeah. I'm paying mine. So back. as of as of April, yeah, I'm gonna have to start paying mine back because that's when the fiscal year starts. When do yeah. you pay? Isn't it like twenty five ish? You have to pay it back. I think it's twenty six and a half. Yeah, twenty six and a half. But you don't pay a lot of it, and that's the, that's. A lot of people, because you pay back such a small percentage of it, as long as you could theoretically not, you could earn 26 and a half your whole life and you'd never pay back that 40 yeah, grand yeah. or so. Yeah. 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 So I'm playing the card of I'm never going to pay it back. So now when I'm asking for money for university, I'm just asking for all of it that I can because essentially yeah. it's then just free money. Yeah, I, I always back. took the max just because I I never realistically paying back paying it back. No, and is, you can never. Which you, is, you also can't opt to pay it back early. You can. You can. You can. You can. Opt to you, pay, like, say you won the lottery, you could pay it all off. I didn't. Can, think, I didn't know you could you actually can, pay it off completely. You can, I thought they if, just wanted it off your tax. If you go on your um, you can log into your student I'm finance balance. <laughs> And you can like you can pay it off like pay off extra each month or whatever, however you what you want to do. There's no but there's there's no point because the, they charge so much interest on it. It's five point six percent interest on a student loan. Yeah, usually the interest rises faster than your wage. Yeah, yeah, it's the type of thing where if you pay it back fully, you're just paying more than you need to because you will never pay it back. Yeah, yeah. unless you went at a standard pay. rate. It says yeah. on gov.uk. Uh, you'll only repay when your income is over £372 a week or 1615 a month before tax. So I don't know. Yeah, and that starts... So I'm not paying mine back yet. But as yeah, of April, well, because well, I well, haven't well, earned well, enough money well. in this fiscal year, but as soon as April starts, I'll start paying it back. Although that doesn't seem yeah. right, because that's only 19000 and I swear it went up, hasn't it? You're the one on the government website. Am I on an old page? I don't know. Anyway, I, f I swear it's gone up to twenty. It's at least twenty-four grand before Either you're way, paying it back. No one's it? paying it back. No one's paying no, it the back. The thing is, though, it's it's not it's not like I I I wouldn't look at it as a. I think that's a difference as well. Cause like I wouldn't even I wouldn't look at it as a. Oh, I'm never going to pay it back, so I'm not going to worry about it. Because you at the end of the day, you're still going to be paying a monthly payment. Yeah, you're looking at extra money off your paycheck. Which, yeah. which is obviously, it's more than none. Yeah, you're still paying, so... but it's, it's not like it, the the it... thing. What when I say I'm never gonna pay it back, what I mean is I'm never gonna get that balance to zero because the interest. Is, I I swear the interest is more than I'll ever pay off on it. Yeah, yeah I I understand that, but I'm saying, but but it's still, you're still paying something back. Every month. I would like to set myself which, the which, target of which earning means, enough money to pay it back eventually. Naturally, if, through if, you're, if you're if you're never going to pay it back, then you're never going to be at a point where you can look at your like your monthly budget and and know your your like well your what you're earning is what you got, and you're not in debt to anyone. But you you're you're, you're always going to be at a point where you've got to go oh, well, shit, until well, the thirty years ends and it gets wiped away. Yeah. Well, yeah, but. Just you wait till I'm 53, and then I'll never pay a I, I would say you're, you're getting ready for retirement, but we've got another 20 The retirement years. age would be like 95 <laughs> by the time we get there. We won't there. even get to retire. We're, we're, we're not retiring. We're not retiring. <laughs> it's never going to happen. Unless we win the lottery like we were talking about last week. We're and if not you retiring. haven't seen that podcast, go check it out on uh, our Spotify. And check us out on Twitter as well, at sixhead underscore quality. Um, get the plugs shameless, in. Plug, plug, plug. Um, plug it. <laughs> no, no one's got this far. Let's be honest. <laughs> I'm joking. Hello, everyone listening still. Um, but yeah, I think. I mean, have you have you logged into your student finance balance and looked at it? Because I had a shock. I'm not going to say on not, this how I much I owe. But I'm not going to say. I'm not going to say on this how much I owe because it's large and I don't want to admit it ever again. 
but I, I, I'll be honest. I looked at it and my face dropped. I was like, I did, I didn't realize I'd borrowed that much. Well, that's the problem, you know. Nine grand for the years plus year or um, maintenance loan. Yeah, I mean, it's not it hard to. Lot about that. Bearing in oh, mind, I've done five years of uni. It's not hard to work out how much tuition fee I've paid alone, and then it's... you add maintenance loan on top of that as well. The maintenance loan is the. And they've the already crazy. charged me an interest payment, you know. Yeah, I feel like the maintenance loan is the one thing with you that always annoyed me in a way that I don't know how it works with other accommodations, but with where I was in a big city in Birmingham, yeah. the maintenance loan did not cover the cost of the accommodation even slightly. I think my maintenance loan maybe covered half of the cost of my accommodation, just a little bit over. Yeah, That's the same for me. My maintenance loan living in Liverpool just covered my rent yeah, most years there was a few years where i had to pay extra on top of it yeah i was like every time i had a every term i had a rent payment you know you'd have to put an extra basically double on top of what you'd have to put that's just student landlords though, isn't it student it's landlords crazy. just know that they know that you have to pay it so they can just charge you your full maintenance loan and people yeah. pay it but is that thing for me where even in the student accommodation that, that that was so expensive that the maintenance loan barely even covered that. I paid more for my student accommodation than I did to actually live in a studio flat for my placement year. Yeah, there, there. Uh, don't get me well. wrong. There are cheap, st- cheap student houses in Liverpool. You can get a house. You can get a room in a student house in Liverpool for forty quid a week. But, but it's you're far out from the uni. It's annoying to get to uni from there and it's like i'd rather i i mean i'd know i was just complaining about it, but i'd rather pay this land the student landlords the stupid amount of money that i have to in order to live nearer to the uni and have the better experience in my eyes then anyway. the issue with that is so currently obviously because of coronavirus i can't go up to leicester for university but i'm still being made to pay the rent for the house i've got yeah so that's the issue there yeah my sister goes to uni in Aberystwyth and luckily she was still in a uni-owned halls. So last year, at the end of last year, because obviously they they, they all weren't in their halls because they came home right before lockdown. If you weren't in your halls, they, they, pay, they, they paid you it back. I got the same with mine. I got my last term refunded. Yeah, quite a few unis did that last year, but I don't think many are doing it this year. No, because you theoretically... uh, At the moment, it's you're not allowed to return, but if you never left, then theoretically you can live there. And that's the problem, there's so many loopholes. I think some some are allowing it, but some are just being, you know... They spent so much money in refunds last year that they just really don't want to give any more money away. Yeah, which is somewhat understandable but at the same time it but, leaves uh, lots yeah, of people you could understand for... if it was a private landlord if it was they owned one house and they need the money but a massive company you know yeah it's a bit mental it, it, it feels like robbery but it's not but it kind of feels like it's it. just business <laughs> it's just business which Matt knows all about <laughs> <laughs> if you ain't robbing someone you're doing it wrong <laughs> business is all about ripping the other man off it's all about giving the consumer the best possible experience (laughs) it's not what you were saying before the podcast started i was saying it's about giving everyone the best experience thank you (laughs) ah well but yeah i think the university has advantages and disadvantages i think that's fair to say I think yeah, I, I think I think both considering apprenticeships at some point. Yeah, I, 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 mean, I think the fact. Well, is... let's let's sorry, Jane, let's let's segue into sort of like the the, the why you'd choose either because I think there's there's so many different reasons why you'd choose either. Yeah. Because like there's like like we've just said, there's positives and negatives to both. I think I think the main one is personal preference, but I think one of the other things you need to think about is 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 your job role again. Because like I think we did mention it earlier. Because if Certain jobs are obviously more inclined to one or the other, but you you got to think about your personal preference whether you want to what what type of a like we've said what type of learner you are and 
And just uh, you forget the whole sort of uni experience as well, because some people just don't want to do the uni experience of living in halls, living away, um, and that sort of thing. Yeah, lot that is that that's probably one of the top selling points for a lot of people as well. They just want to go and without meaning to sound a bit crass, they just want to get pissed for three years. Yeah, yeah. There's so, so I think many, that was that was the there's so many opposite people on you on uni uh, at uni on courses and they they just don't turn up because they're only there for the nightlife. They're only there to sort of um sort of have, have, a time. have a good time have fun enjoy the enjoy the late teens early 20s in a city or and which is honestly i completely understand it I've and they're always people you end up in a group project with oh yeah they absolutely are they're always the people that never that you end up stuck with in a group project and they never do any work and it you end up doing everything but that's just you know, part they, of they the process in and you just like i tell you what i won't fill that out because i'm just just can't do it it gets to the peer review and you fill it out honestly and then they come they come around the table after being like we're giving everyone tens yeah and you're like no i'm not giving you a 10 you've turned up once and it's right now to ask me to give you a 10 on the peer review and it's not and then you give them a 10 anyway and you move on with your life (laughs) no i gave them ones i gave them ones i don't care if it meant they failed the module i did all that work i get all the credit that's how it works I think um I think I think one thing about I'm still angry about um like you say people people just go into uni for the sake of it. Is I think I think it's it's starting to change a bit now, but I think over the past past five or so years, um I think the the idea of going to uni was just sort of like the norm. So like if people didn't have a real like desire to do something, or even if they did, I think a lot of people were just generally told that you go to uni and and, next step after college yeah you go you go to secondary school you go to college and then after that well you either get a job or you go to uni those were the options put in front of yeah i think i think that's from it's only recently been sort of like the past couple of years where i've noticed that like doing apprenticeship shows and stuff that like there are actually a lot more people leaning towards them now yeah because like well like when we started doing it like i i'd they'd obviously ask us what we sort of wanted to do and obviously like 29 out of 30 people in the room would would say they wanted to go to uni and then that was just because again it's it was the thing that everyone thought that they would they should do i don't know if i seem a bit stupid here right but i feel like back in school and college it was you the thought process was if you want a higher paid job higher paying job you go to uni no matter what yeah it was and that's not really the case now i think a lot of people realize that they can get that higher paying job through sort of job progression and career progression by going to work for one company and sort of staying there for a few years yeah at the moment so many people have a uni degree that the only thing that makes you different from anyone else is experience yeah, that's why yeah, you experience. Obviously. That's why you see so many memes about it, about people about jobs looking for someone with a degree and six years experience, but it's like an entry level job. Yeah, because so I think one thing I think um, as well, like um, again, like how many years ago we were in school, like I'd, I I didn't really ever see much advertisement about apprenticeships and things. No, like because we we had we'd have people from universities come in and talk and talk about jobs and stuff but they and they'd give you a uni prospectus but they never say like or yeah. you could do an apprenticeship and talk about them yeah I um, think the only cuz like I never I sorry I never went to um any apprenticeship like events or anything like that yeah. when I when I was younger whereas now since I've started my apprenticeship I've I've helped um set up stands at a few of them and I I, I was doing before when we could i was doing five six seven a year and and the place was packed so i think it's a lot more advertised now as well which yeah, is helping 100%. that transition to give people the option yeah and i think yeah. a lot of bigger companies are really starting to do them so with you harry you've done you've moved apprenticeships from a very very small company to a very big company yeah and you can see it's way more structured and it's a lot more set out than that first one um yeah, I think it, it it was a bit of a a bit of a mix between the company 
because obviously, like you say, obviously one was quite a small company. So in terms of that one, they they really wanted because there was only a few people working there. They really wanted me to learn the job and focus on that. And uh, and obviously everything I then did there was a bit more uh, relied on to an extent. Whereas the new one, being a bigger company, they 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 had the more patience to have structure towards college work and ensuring that I. They they specified the time to learn that theory work as well as doing the job. Yeah, yeah they get they give you a chance to make mistakes and learn rather than the other one where it was you've done something wrong. We're all absolutely screwed now. Yeah, so I think it's I I think that is one of the things with the apprenticeship. It, it's it gives you the opportunity to sort of like like I say learn the job. But they have the leniency to actually understand that you're learning the job. Yeah, Whereas obviously, think... if you if you come out of uni and go into a job, uh, you've got an expectation to to know how to do the job, sort of thing. Obviously, yeah, there'll be a there'll be a bit of leniency, but not as much as like when I first come into the the factory as an apprentice. Yeah. Yeah. What I touched on earlier, it was the the bridge, but it's the, it, for me, it's the the fear of going from a ridiculous amount of education to look now you're getting paid and you actually have to do something and people are relying on it now it's a big it's a big step from yeah yeah no one relying on you to being paid to do something and you've got to you know you've got to step up and do it i think that's probably why a lot of people come out of uni go into a job maybe not for a grad scheme just a proper job and a lot of uni students end up with sort of imposter syndrome and stuff when they end up in a proper job because they feel completely like they shouldn't be there because that they don't necessarily 100% know what they're doing all the time and don't yeah, necessarily it, know yeah. how to go about asking, which you probably learn better on an apprenticeship. You probably learn yeah. better how to ask for help. Oh, definitely. I, I, because I, that's, that's one thing like I, I reiterate a lot to like the younger apprentices and stuff. And like, it was obviously all the people that work there would say it to me, like, never be afraid to ask because especially. I think I think it I think it's more um, more mentioned in in the engineering environment for as a more of a safety concern. Like they always say, if you're ever unsure, just 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 stop and, and ask someone. But like in terms of learning, like if you no one will ever be annoyed if you ask for help or advice or even just to to know something. Like I I know that especially as an apprentice in the factory, I can as long as I'm not doing anything that's relied on i can take half an hour and if i see someone doing something i can take half an hour and go oh I'll ask them what they're doing and and see if i can just have just even well not not <laughs> you know, yeah <laughs> not so much have a go but just just that's learn what just learn what they're doing so i i think there is a lot more um a lot more uh, understanding of of learning a lesser, yeah, a lesser expectation on you to just know how to do stuff potentially. Yeah, yeah. I had that. I had that shock when I when I started my placement year coming out of uni, well, two years uni. I assumed that people would expect me to be able to do things. So when I was doing work and I was doing things wrong and I didn't know what to do, when someone told me I do I did something wrong, I ended up getting defensive and trying to come up with a reason why and you know explaining it rather than just admitting you know what I did it wrong. How do I do it? And I had a talk with my um my supervisor, and he basically told me, you know, all right, you've been in university where if you do something wrong, it's blatantly put out to you, and you almost not you know get punished, but you feel bad because that's the do all end all. Yeah. When you're in work and you're young and you're learning, it's okay to be wrong and it's okay to ask questions. So I think yeah. that that experience that I get I got from that placement year and what you'd get from an apprenticeship, it teaches you that you know. You can't do everything right, and you don't. Yeah, I think I think um, yeah, I think especially as like because you can obviously do an apprenticeship, be like you can do it straight from school. So like when you're 16 and you've just come out of school, going into a working environment would obviously be ridiculously daunting. Yeah, you're surround. You're what? How old are you coming out? Year 11, 16. 16. 16. You're 16 going into a workplace where the average age is probably. 35 plus yeah because yeah. because we, we yeah we have had a few 16 17 year old apprentices at our place and and like i say it's just they're like it's it's almost well they are in over their heads initially because obviously they've never been anywhere like it 
but that's what the like the apprenticeship understands a bit more because they won't ever then they won't ever go to a fresh sixteen year old coming out and go, all right, can you do this for me? Yeah, get on that mill, mate, and sort it'll, it. Out. It'll it'll be work work with this person and do shadow this. this person, and until you progressively do enough jobs with people that they let you they let you do it while they watch, and then transition into like you're doing more of the job on your own, and they're just sort of there if you need them, and then you obviously then just great. It's a lot more gradual the progression, which is makes it a lot more comfortable. You, you learn in an environment where you're allowed to make mistakes and you know it's almost not encouraged yeah. but it's you're encouraged to try things and well i i, I yeah obviously you you don't want to make mistakes but like i've made a lot of mistakes it's not and, and i i can i can safely tell you that like i am way better off after making the mistakes because like i i yeah, obviously it's it's a big way to learn um learn something because you do something wrong, you know, all right, well, I ain't going to do that again. Because, like, yeah. like, when I'm running a machine, if I accidentally do something that breaks a tool or just does the part wrong Ooh. because I set it up... Or rips my... your arm off. <laughs> or rips my arm <laughs> Then I know, Can't don't put my hand in there again. <laughs> Can't believe you go around breaking tools, Harry. It's just not acceptable. Well, sometimes it happens, yeah. You just snap them on your knee, don't you? You're not even using them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just pick them up and my Launch pure grip just the shatters them. No one's ever told me off for doing this wrong. <laughs> no one ever told me not to hit it with a hammer. Hammers solve everything. Hammers do yeah. solve everything. That's all you need to know from an engineering apprenticeship. That is, yeah. Exactly. And if well, no, the other thing you need to know is if if your hammer if if it's some if something's wrong, use a hammer. And if that doesn't work, get a bigger hammer. Yep. I like that. And if that doesn't work. Use the digger away. and just hit it, <laughs> it with the. <laughs> just, just hit it with a digger. That's what you do. Hit it with a digger. <laughs> what, are you, you gonna pick the digger up and hit it with it? No, or are you the using bucket. the digger? You use to the hit? bucket as a big hammer. Don't use the bucket of a digger as a big hammer if you're listening <laughs> and you've got a digger. If, if, you're, if you're a serious engineering enthusiast. Do not take this advice literally. No, <laughs> none, we don't actually have the degrees yet. <laughs> I've got a degree. Me and James are fully qualified. The, the not engineering. an engineering. <laughs> there's a house that's falling down. Hammers fix it. There you go. <laughs> Just don't stand in the house with the hammers when you're fixing it. Stand outside. Yeah. <laughs> At a safe distance. We and have need... a hard hat. And a, re... and a high vis. you got to have a high vis. That's the one. Yeah, <laughs> that's what uni's taught me. You need a high vis and a hard hat and steel toe boots whenever you do anything. Well, not yeah. whenever you do anything, but to be safe. <laughs> yeah, so I think I think as a whole, I think generally, the the choice between university and apprenticeships, I think it's it, the main factor is just personal preference. I think it's it's whether you want to have the uni experience or whether you prefer hands on work. And if you just and if you want to just do. learn what money, yeah, I think things like that. It's all just your personal preference of which one you'd rather do. It's one of those questions where when someone asks you it, the answer is it depends, and everyone hates that as an answer. Yeah, but there's it, no way of giving a real answer. Because yeah, you, the, it doesn't have an answer. It's one of those questions where it's like you can, I can give you the answer of what I did. But it's is yeah, that it's, relevant to your situation right now? Probably not. Yeah, it's it's like the it's like the question which they always ask you of of, or oh, what do you want to do when you when you leave up. school or when you grow up? And I like for me, for me I never ever knew what I wanted to do, and I still don't. I, I just did. did something, and it happened to be all right, so I still do it. Because I I, be I, I I was a it's it was a I'm I like to do things hands on, and I was fairly good at maths and and uh in physics so they were like oh you should just try you should try engineering so i just haven't tried in it and you liked it so i wanted to be an astronaut and then found out that i'm slightly too tall to ever be an astronaut so (laughs) so you're telling me i have a chance (laughs) yes (laughs) i think the the limit's like six two and i'm like six two point eight and it's just oh yes we can all go to we can all go to space while jamie sits down there (laughs) We'll do a podcast with you four in space. 
<laughs> yeah. Me just sat here One crying day. the whole time. When we're famous enough to DM Elon Musk and get a reply. Although, surely they can just add an inch in somewhere. I don't get it. Um, I don't know. It's well, there's obviously fair. some reason, whether it's phys physics or something, I don't know. Maybe it's just so they can just make one spacesuit and just... Well, it's probably like a... That's, that's their... Their scientific judgment of a prime, like a a prime human, a prime astronaut. <laughs> Anyone under six foot two, prime astronaut. Now, do you know what it actually is? I think I think it's to do with the amount of fuel they use to send them up. And if you're over six foot two, they use more fuel. Yeah, because no, you're typically be larger. The size inside of the space station and stuff. Yeah. Just cause let me just believe. Let me just believe, Callum. Let me make things up and believe them to keep myself happy. Okay, it's, it's due to fuel. Yeah, it's rocket fuel. <laughs> I reckon they just don't really like you. It's not. They just made it up. I applied to applied to be an astronaut, and they were like, "No, why? Why can we say no to him? He's he's relatively okay. He, we we could accept him, but we just don't like him. Well, we'll say he's too tall." <laughs> All right, I think that's the end of this wet paint podcast for this week. I hope you found it helpful in uh, helpful <laughs> in a way. Yeah. Even though we concluded, um, the answer is it depends. It's all subjective. <laughs> yeah, you do what you want to do. That's that's the outcome. Do what. Don't let you. five idiots on a podcast tell you whether you should choose an apprenticeship <laughs> or university. Mm -hmm. Or do, or do, or, or do, and then if you if you're successful, remember us. Yeah, tweet us <laughs> at sixhead underscore. <laughs> follow us on Spotify to listen to more podcasts coming soon. All right, Goodbye. So.